What is up, hockey fans? This is the Golden Edge Podcast, the podcast where the Las Vegas Review Journal talks about uh, the hockey that happened and the hockey that won't be happening for at least a little bit here. I am Ben Goats, one of your uh, Review Journal Golden Knights beat writers. Joining me on the other line, as always, is my colleague, David Shane. David, how are you doing on this fine Wednesday? Well, enjoying my unexpected time off, I guess. <laughs> um, trying to make the best of it. I don't think any of us uh, thought we would be, uh, you know, in this spot maybe a few months ago. But, yeah, here we are. So, you know, try, try to uh, talk some hockey and see what we can do. Yeah, the Golden Knights and the NHL schedule has really gone topsy-turvy in the last week or so. Uh, and, of course, we're going to get into all that and why that is and what that potentially means uh, moving forward here, uh, as well as actually talk about the game that we watched uh, last night against the Tampa Bay Lightning, which is a very entertaining game. Uh, but before we get to all that, I just want to quick remind everyone that the Golden Edge podcast is brought to you by the Las Vegas Review Journal. You can check out all our written work at Review Journal. Dot com. Uh, as we kind of answer that, we're going to, you know, be taking at least a break from covering practices and games. But uh, our content, of course, never stops. You can check out uh, different stories each of these next couple days until the Knights get back playing again December 27th against the Colorado Avalanche. So uh, make sure to look our stuff up. Uh, we are presented by Blue Wire. Uh, and as always, if you guys could uh, rate, review, subscribe, whatever you do podcasts. Uh, please do to this one. We would very much appreciate it. Uh, all right, let's get into the game that was and all the games that uh, will not be, at least for uh, the foreseeable future. Uh, as I hinted at, the last like week or so has just been crazy in the NHL because a number of teams got shut down because there have been COVID uh, outbreaks. Obviously, there's a new strain out there that just seems to be just completely sweeping over uh, the world. And then tons of games have been getting postponed as well. Uh, 50, as a matter of fact. Uh, yet somehow the Knights, who uh, went 4-0 on a recent road trip that included spending a significant amount of time in New York City, where that stuff is really popping right now, uh, were somehow one of the only teams not affected, or at least they're one of the last ones to be effective. Because the NHL and the NHLPA decided, hey, we're going to start our holiday break a little bit early to give teams time to kind of recover from all these guys going on the COVID list. So we'll stop our games uh, on Tuesday night. And they had 10 games scheduled for that Tuesday night. And only one ended up getting played, which is, of course, the Knights and the two-time defending champion Tampa Bay Lightning. But even then, there was still some drama because Alex Petrangelo and Evgeny Dadnoff went on the uh, went into the NHL's COVID protocol uh, before the game. Uh, so did Tampa Bay coach. John Cooper. Uh, it was an interesting scene as well because there was a little bit of, you know, will they, won't they tension in terms of the game being played. Uh, Mark Schnuck, the Knights, you know, in arena announcer, reminded everyone to wear masks before the game, which I believe is the first time um, he's, you know, done that this season. Obviously, the Knights do require uh, indoor mask wearing at their games because that's obviously from the state of Nevada. How strictly that's been enforced, obviously, will depend on the person you. Uh, talk to, but it did seem the Knights kind of went out of their way to emphasize that uh, last game. I don't know. It was an interesting scene. It was an interesting day. It's obviously been interesting, like I said, week or so in the NHL, but uh, what did you make of kind of that uh, Knights Tampa Bay lightning uh, atmosphere there, Dave? Yeah, I mean, it was it was like you said, it was weird. Like, I, I 
there was part of me that wasn't sure whether the game should be played just based on like, is the only one, you know, if they were going to go on the break early, like, yeah, I get that Tampa Bay was there, but you know, why, why not? Like, why not just bag it? Like they're going to, you know, they're clearly going to have to, we'll talk about this. Like they're, they're going to have to play in February. They're not going to play the, you know, with the Olympics, the Olympic break is gone. They're not going, um, it just felt a little weird, like in that regard. And yet, you know, the other side of me was like, well, okay, you know, there was two players and I trust the testing and I trust the people who are saying that it's safe and that they can do this. So in that regard, like it was a little cathartic maybe to kind of be there and say, okay, you know, they're saying it's safe to have a hockey game. So let's enjoy it. And you know, if there was a game to do that, like Tampa Bay against the Golden Knights is a pretty good one to, to you know, get sent off with. Let's put it like that. Yeah, I'm sure the NHL wasn't bad that that was the matchup that they ended up getting left with out of those 10. Because obviously, like I said, you've got the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions in uh, Tampa Bay. You've got the Knights who have been to the semis the past two years and obviously were one step away in each instance of getting to the Lightning, and also both teams came in, you know, red hot. The Knights had won five straight and eight of nine. The Lightning had won two straight and uh, seven of eight. So, you know, that was, uh, you know, really interesting matchup. And obviously it delivered with kind of the comeback and everything. But before I get into that, at least a little bit, I do want to point out the, the weirdest part of the game, though, too, was the fact that, um, and I don't know if you even noticed that, Dave, because you were, uh, I think, head buried and laptop getting ready for our lovely print deadlines. But the Knights came out really early for uh, after the second intermission, I think like probably like a minute 45, like minute and a half uh, left in the period. The Knights came out and the Tampa Bay like bench area was just like empty. It was like dead silent. So it's like all the Knights had like filled on either to the ice or to the bench and were getting ready to start the third period. And the lightning, I was just like, uh, are they not coming out? Like, are we going to stop this thing, you know, after two periods? If so, like what happens? This game is tied. Do they just drop the puck in Tampa months from now and play just one period? But obviously the Lightning did come out and they still came out. I looked at the clock with like a minute left. So I think the Knights just came out early. But that was just one of those, you know, weird subplots of the game where that's some, not something that would normally catch my eye. But it's also kind of speaks to uh, the world we're living in right now and the times we are, too. Yeah, and I actually did kind of catch that. And, you know, I mean, it was weird, you know, because like during the game, you know, obviously like, you know, Mark Stone gets hurt and disappears. And, you know, guys in the second period, you know, you're on the bench and you're counting because you kind of wonder at any point somebody could get pulled out and you never know if it was, you know, because of a positive test or there was just all these weird things that, yeah, you don't necessarily think about, or you would just kind of make an assumption of, you know, injury or whatever. And like all of a sudden, suddenly you can't do that anymore. You know, like the, your senses are heightened just, you know, in terms of like, okay, why is this guy not here? Why, what, you know, I mean, the Knights had to make it very clear or they tried to, I think that, you know, Nick Cage and Robin Leonard were injured, that they weren't COVID related as far as their absences. Like that's what we've gotten to with all this in, in terms of, 
you know, the clarity that needs to be provided. And, you know, us in the media basically having to ask literally every day, hey, this guy wasn't at a morning skate. What's the deal? You know, like you can't even just take it for granted that somebody might have a maintenance day or, or something like that anymore. It's 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 crazy what you know what it's gotten to. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean that happened. I mean, literally yesterday, Robin Leonard was not at the night's morning skate, which on games he's started for the most part this year. He has not been at morning skates, but obviously with everything happening around the NHL and all the postponements, it felt pertinent, obviously, to ask yesterday morning. And it turns out that Robin Leonard did not play. Mm-hmm. In yesterday's game, because he's got an injury, he's considered day to day. So Laurent Brossois was a net for, uh, like I said, was really a fun game between obviously, I mean, two of the most successful franchises in the NHL. I mean, I think everyone would say over the last you know five years or so, obviously the Lightning have won back to back Stanley Cups. They went to the uh, conference finals the year that the Knights made the Stanley Cup. They lost to the Washington Capitals in Game Seven. And the game really delivered, too, where the Knights go up 3-1 off of just some crazy sick handles by Nicholas Waugh, who juked Victor Hedman, a Norris Trophy-winning defenseman, out of his skates uh, one game after pulling out a sick shootout move against the New York Islanders. And then, you know, the Lightning show that uh, they've got plenty of metal, obviously, given the success they've had. And, you know, old friend Pierre-Edouard Belmar scores, Anthony Sorelli ties it up right after that. So it's tied going into the third period. And then uh, Steven Stamkos uh, takes out, as Dave already hinted at this, probably some of his frustration about not making an Olympic team out on a puck that he just whistles past Laurent Brassois, um in the third period there that ends up being the game-winning goal because the Lightning kind of locked it down from there to walk out for the win. But, I mean, as you kind of said, Dave, if that was kind of the note that the NHL was going to leave its fans on, it definitely at least left them out on a high note. Yeah, that was that was a fun one. It had like a weird vibe to it to begin with, just because it felt like Tampa Bay sort of wanted to mail it in and then kind of got a couple goals and, and realized, yeah, okay, let's just, you know, flip the switch here and, and see if we can snag a couple points out of it. But, yeah, I mean, it was exciting. It was back and forth, like really good goaltending on both ends. Um, I mean, we've talked about this before with – you know, with Tampa Bay, just just how good Vasilevsky is. Um, I, I know, like, the first year that they came out here, um, you know, one of my assignments was going to their morning skate and their practice and, you know, doing a story about them. And, you know, I was able to squeeze in a couple questions at the end of John Cooper's news conference and just, you know, sort of general questions about, you know, why they had turned around. Because at that point, if you remember, like, they had missed the playoffs the year before. Uh, and so – you know, one of the things that he talked about, you know, instantly was Vasilevsky and just how much the goaltending there, you know, helps. And I, I know it's sort of early in his career and it, it's hard to like put some historical context on it. But I think it was Kevin Weeks who talked about this on NHL Network yesterday, maybe, or, or even today. Like, I, I mean, he's going to go down as an all-time great. And like you look at that game and it was 4-3 and you go, you're like, oh, the Knights got to him like four, like. I mean, any other goalie, any other team, any other game like last night, the Knights win. And I think the players said that. Pete DeBoer clearly said that. Like, I mean, that that was the – maybe – I don't know if it's frustrating or, or maybe you walk away feeling like, okay, well, you know, good team beat us. But, like, the Knights, if they were, were going to go off, you know, on, on this little break, 
like they didn't mail it in. They didn't bag it. They, they gave a good effort and, you know, for all intents and purposes, got beat by, you know, one or two mistakes and a really good goalie. Yeah. Andre Vasilevsky is just ri- ridiculous. He's incredible. And it's really impressive that he's already got just like a crazy trophy case as still like a relatively young goalie. I mean, he's not obviously, you know, super new on the block anymore, but he's only 27 and he's won a Vesna. He's won a Con Smythe. He's won two Stanley Cups. It's, it's pretty nuts. Um, but as we mentioned, unfortunately, it's going to be the last taste we get of uh, Vasilevsky. A lot of other NHL players uh, for a while, they've kind of started their holiday break early. Usually they only do uh, three days, the 24th, 25th, 26th. Uh, now they're going from uh, today, as we're recording this on Wednesday, uh, all the way through uh, Sunday. Teams can start practicing again, but the schedule itself doesn't resume again until it normally would on Monday. And they're hoping those extra couple days kind of help, you know, stop the spread and kind of quell some of the outbreaks in these teams because, um, as we kind of mentioned up top, the NHL has already postponed 50 games. Uh, more than 100 players are in the COVID protocol. Uh, the last number I saw from Daily Faceoffs Frank Saravalli today was 140 players, which is 19% of total rosters, almost one in five guys, which is uh, nuts. Um, and so the key question that the NHL is, I'm sure, asking itself at the highest uh, levels, I'm sure Gary Bettman and Bill Daly are kicking this around, is, you know, once games do hopefully, theoretically, get started again, kind of where do they go from here? There's been some stuff that's been thrown around. Um, We've seen in the NFL that uh, they just came out with a policy change that um, basically they're going to stop testing asymptomatic uh, vaccinated uh, players. Um, that's also, it sounds like from uh, Nicole Auerbach, who's worked at the athletic and big 10 network that a lot of college football teams were doing that in the regular season. Obviously with the NHL, there's the added complication of, will Canada allow that? Uh, especially because Canada now is starting to see some capacity restrictions, but um, it does sound like that kind of idea has at least some supporters when within the NHL and uh, one on the night's day of uh, in Riley Smith, who was kind of saying, you know, he kind of agrees with that position that Red Wings general manager, Steve Eiserman has kind of articulated that. Why are we, you know, testing guys who feel fine and are vaccinated and, you know, theoretically could still go out and play. I don't know. It's an interesting conundrum. Yeah. Well, I can add another person actually to that list. Uh, from the Golden Knights too, and a pretty significant figure, and it's Kelly McCrimmon because I spoke to to him today for a story that will come out uh, later this week, ReviewJournal.com. Everybody can check that out, and you know that was one of the questions I, I posed to him, and you know without getting too deep into it, and I, I think without you know expressing too much of his opinion, you know Kelly McCrimmon's articulated to me that he would certainly side with like the way that the NFL is testing right now, uh, that he, he would probably side with, you know, Steve Eiserman and what he said versus how the NHL is doing it right now. So it'll be interesting. I think if not so much pressure, but as 
the NHL sees these other leagues, maybe if they're, you know, letting them take the lead on it. And if they're able to follow and, and maybe, you know, alter how they do things. I, I mean, again, without getting, you know, this conversation into, into deep water where I'm just, you know, not qualified and don't belong. I, I mean, there seems to be a sentiment from players and everybody like that. If they can play these games and people are healthy enough to do it, do it. But the more testing and the more daily stuff you do, the more positives you're going to end up with. There has to be some kind of, I guess, happy medium, I think with all this, where if players are vaccinated and if they are then boosted as well, and if, they're asymptomatic from this. If, if the new variant spreads easier and quicker, but is less severe, if the symptoms and the effects are minimal, at some point that has to be taken into account if, if that's the case. And I am certainly not the person qualified to be you know, making that declaration. But, but I do think at some point in all this, if, you know, if we've gotten to the point where it's starting to run its course – where a vaccinated person is not affected and it's proven that way, then maybe the NHL can, you know, alter its testing procedure and, and maybe make it more like the NFL, maybe make it more like the NBA. And maybe that'll min- minimize the number of positives that they have. And, and maybe that will reduce some of the postponements. I don't know. You know, obviously, number one is safety. Like that has to come above everything else. But if that is taken care of and if the safety part of things are insured, you know, then I think everybody everywhere, you know, would, would like to get, you know, life going forward in, you know, in some way, as long as it's possible, as long as it's safe to do so. Get all the Nevada Preps high school sports coverage you need, plus all Southern Nevada team announcements powered by the Review Journal at NevadaPreps.com. Nevada Preps is sponsored by College Prospects of America, connecting student-athletes with academic and athletic opportunities. Find out how at CPOA-Nevada.com. Yeah, it's a, it's a really tricky dilemma for the NHL to navigate because on one hand, like I said, I totally understand why players would look at and say, why don't we do what the NFL is doing right now? Especially because we have a higher vaccination rate. I mean, the NHL uh, outside of, uh, I believe just Tyler Bertuzzi and I think maybe select other people, which uh, by the way, Tyler Bertuzzi had a hilarious chirp the other day where someone was yelling at him as he was like going to the penalty box or something, go get your shot, which was incredible, incredible stuff um, from whoever was saying that, but um, it's almost fully vaccinated. So, you know, theoretically, they would really benefit from that kind of policy change and players would be able to play through it, obviously, hopefully, without um, getting severe illness, because that's obviously something that uh, vaccines do in general is they prevent you from getting seriously ill, even if you do get uh, COVID-19. And this new variant obviously is potentially um, a little bit, you know, causes less severeness anyway. So that could be a good thing for the NHL. But like I said, there's also, they've got kind of an extra government to tangle with in Canada that has been a little bit more stricter about things and obviously requires a negative test just to cross the border as of right now. So I don't know, that's going to be an interesting kind of political, you know, arena 
for the NHL to navigate. Uh, but speaking of political arenas, here's one that the uh, NHL won't have to deal with, and that's uh, going to uh, China in the middle of its season because a uh, huge consequence of all those postponed games we talked about is it officially cost the league uh, the Olympics. They officially bowed out uh, this morning because they need the Olympic break that they originally had built into their schedule from February uh, 6th to the 22nd to make up all these postponed games. Um, for those of you that are listening to this and getting curious about uh, All-Star Weekend in Las Vegas, which was going to happen on February uh, 4th and 5th, right before the Olympics, uh, that's still a go as of right now. And if you're wondering why that might be, well, the NHL makes revenue from one of those events and does not, at least directly, uh, from the other event. So that would explain why they are still putting on one event and not going uh, to the other. Uh, we've talked about this for, I feel like, a couple weeks. You know, we've kind of hinted at it. It kind of seemed, especially recently, that it was coming. You know, it was like a snowball that kept getting bigger and bigger, you know, rolling down the hill, even though I think a lot of us kind of hoped it would stop. So I think this is just kind of... Uh, Disappointing news, Dave, but not unexpected. No, I mean, you know, I think a few weeks ago, you know, when we talked about this and, you know, maybe you asked me about it and certainly was like, eh, well, you know, and then it like, you know, as it went along, it was like, well, yeah, maybe that. And then it, then it certainly got to the point. It's like, well, I think I'd be surprised if they didn't. So, you know, from, from that regard, like certainly it progressed this way. You could see it trending this way. Uh, it, it is disappointing though. You know, just it, like we can talk about here. I mean, it's hard when you look at the Olympics and, you know, I mean, we went through this last year, you know, with the summer stuff, like we were writing about different people and I'll, I'll veer off here a little bit, but like, you know, somebody like local, like Vashai Cunningham, you know, I mean, it's a, it's a window of like once every four years, it's hard to kind of hit that window in that peak, like for all of these hockey players, you know, especially for the guys that, you know, are playing or in contention for making like team Canada, you know, a team USA that's competitive, you know, you've got maybe a small window, a peak of your career where, you know, you would hit, you know, that point where they would look at you and maybe, you know, a couple of years from now, you're going to be on the downside and maybe you miss it, you know? Um, I mean, like somebody like, like Max Pacioretty just comes to mind just because he's what, like 33, 34 or somewhere in that, like, you know, it's a narrow window where it was like, okay, that would have been his chance. Um, you know, you look at somebody, you know, like Mark Stone or, or whatever, like, you don't know what's going to happen in four years with somebody like him, you know, are the legs still going to be there? Is he still going to be an elite guy or, you know, are all these new, you know, new blood going to come through because, because it's Canada, because, you know, it's not like, you know, country X, you know, where maybe if you're a good hockey player, you're going to make the team, you know, every year, like your yard or Yager, you can make it when you're 50, you know, um, it's not, not really the case for some of these countries. So, yeah, in that case, I think it's disappointing. Then the other side of it, too, is like, I think everybody wants to see a best-on-best best tournament, and that was going to be like as close as you could probably, you know, get to it. And I love anytime there's a flag involved. Like, you could play 
billiards and, and whatever. Like, I don't care the sport. Like, you put a country in a flag and you make it, make it patriotic, I, I'm all about it. So, you you know, to, to miss an Olympic, you know, f- country, flag, patriotism, everything that comes with it, to not have that, I, I think that's maybe going to be the biggest disappointment as, as like a fan, as a viewer. Yeah, especially because we had spent, you know, it felt like a lot of time kind of building this up of we're finally going to see this again because uh, NHL players haven't gone to the Olympics since uh, 2014. And there's just kind of so much stuff that, you know, we're potentially going to miss. I mean, you pointed it out there. It's like the Olympics because, you know, NHL players are potentially not going to go between 2014 and obviously now hopefully they go in 2026. There's going to be just kind of a generation of players that never get to experience that. I mean, we talked about Steven Stamkos earlier and kind of him hammering that puck. He's a guy that's potentially now not going to go to in Olympics. Obviously, the uh, guys like Sidney Crosby and Alex Ovechkin are probably not going to get kind of their great Olympic uh, send-offs. I mean, obviously, this was probably going to be the one chance to see Sidney Crosby and Connor McDavid on the same team for Team Canada, and that would have been incredible. And then it would have obviously been just as incredible to see, you know, Sidney Crosby and Connor McDavid square off against uh, Austin Matthews and Patrick Kane for Team USA. So, you know, that's a huge bummer. And uh, as you said, there's guys on the nights where, you know, it kind of feels like it's probably going to sting more than others. You know, Max Pacioretty, Alex Petrangelo had already been to an Olympics, but, you know, you mentioned like Mark Stone, like is Mark Stone still going to be, you know, really, really good and competing for Team Canada in four years? Probably, but you don't know that, right? Like nothing is guaranteed, especially with a roster that competitive. Uh, same with like Robin Leonard, who was, you know, obviously bowed out uh, ahead of this, but ahead of the NHL uh, pulling out. But, you know, he's going to be, you know, about uh, 34 the next time the Olympics come around. This was kind of a vacant net in Team Sweden that now he or no one will be able to step into. So you wonder what's going to happen four years from now. I mean, even uh, you think of Pete DeBoer, who is going to be an assistant on John Cooper's Team Canada staff. He's participated in all sorts of kind of Team Canada competitions. Uh, I think he's been part of World Championships. He's been part of World Juniors, but he's never been part of an Olympics, you know. As Pete DeBoer still kind of going to be coaching a Stanley Cup contending team and kind of in the conversation to be a Team Canada coach in the future. You just don't know. And uh, obviously, Pete DeBoer previously, when Leonard bought out, kind of talked about how he was willing to swim over there to take part in the Olympics. So it's obviously got to be uh, disappointing for him too. But um, no, as you said, Dave, just like the whole best on best thing, you know, obviously, I think. World Juniors is something a lot of hockey fans get excited about. It's certainly something um, that will, I think, get extra attention now that the Olympics aren't happening. But, I mean, this was going to be a chance to really capture a lot of people, especially considering that, you know, both the U.S. and Canada were going to be bringing pretty good rosters. And I certainly remember, you know, watching the 2010 gold medal game where, Sidney Crosby gets the golden goal in overtime and Canada wins the goal. Yeah, whatever. That part's whatever. Uh, but it was exciting. And I think it got a lot of people interested in hockey. And this was going to be a chance to kind of introduce a new generation. And yeah, now it seems like there is going to be a generation that's kind of going to uh, get skipped over and never get introduced on the international stage. 
Yeah, I mean, I remember watching, I don't remember the year, boy, it's got to be 98, it feels like, because I, I want to say I was back in Madison. I feel like there was like a Forsberg goal, like the postage stamp goal. Like, wasn't he on like a stamp in, in Sweden? Um, like, those are big moments, like especially internationally. You know, the, the Olympics are revered and, you know, for some of those countries like Sweden, Finland, like, you know, that's a chance to like, you know, kind of go up and, and show that that they can develop players and, and their national pride and, and all of that for hockey. It, it's on display. And, you know, like one of the guys I was just I was thinking about, like we, you know, we have like all this list of, you know, all these players from the Knights that, that might have made it night. I hope I don't stick my foot in my mouth with, with what I'm going to say here, but like Jonas Romberg is the one that really stands out to me because he's from Denmark. And like, you don't know if you're Danish, like how often are you going to have a chance to play Olympic hockey? You know, like it's a, it's a team that seemingly has to qualify a lot and it's not a guaranteed qualification for that country. So that may have been an opportunity for him that, that, you know, maybe doesn't come along. Maybe the Danes aren't aren't able to qualify at some point, you know, 2026, 2030, whatever it might be, you know, during Ron Beard's career. You know, so you feel for somebody like him, you know, if that's the case or, you know, somebody else from some of these other countries maybe that, you know, can't think of that, that, that may have had, you know, chance to go. And, and that was, you know, that was their only one. So there's a lot of just different ramifications with it. You know, obviously, you know, guys wanted to go and, and represent their country. Uh, you know, we haven't seen it in a while. That's the other thing, too. There was like a lot of buildup. I think, you know, sort of what you touched on, you know, with all this and, and you know, the fans and, you know, what it could have brought in. Like there's there's been so much, you know, sort of excitement and anticipation once the NHL and the NHLPA you know, put that into the new collective bargaining bargaining agreement that, okay, this is, this is going to be possible. You know, all the, the club soccer teams that work it out with the, you know, world cup, you know, and their national teams and all that, like, all right, finally, cool. The NHL did the same thing. Like they, they got an agreement. And and so to see it fall through, you know, it, it's a major bummer and it, you hope, I mean, that's the other, the other thing too here is like, you hope that we still get to 2026 maybe, you know, and and we see it then, if not before. I I don't know. What, World Cup in Vegas 2024. Let's do it. Hey, I'm down. I think that'd be awesome. Yeah, obviously you really hope that they get it figured out. I mean, it's obviously understandable why um, they had to back out because they it's so important for them to get all these games in to preserve, you know, obviously the hockey-related revenue that they're trying to you know get after obviously not having you know full buildings last year the players are still trying to kind of repay the owners and escrow for that and so if they don't do that the salary cap doesn't go up for a while and nobody's happy including the fans so you know i get why they had to pull out of the olympics um even uh, alan walsh who of course is uh max patch and mark andre Fleury's agent and is never shy about uh poking uh, Gary Bettman, especially when he thinks that uh, he doesn't agree with whatever decision the commissioner is making. I kind of acknowledge on Twitter to get today that uh, they had no other choice. This is what had to be done. So when that's happening, you know that everyone's 
in agreement that this needed to be done. But it's still disappointing and it's still a bummer. But hopefully, you know, it leads to, uh, you know, the rest of these games being played without a ton of future incidents. We'll obviously have to see how the NHL decides to attack things once it gets back uh, from the holiday break. But uh, we'll leave that for the future. And for now, we'll pause. And uh, before we sign off for the holidays, just want to say uh, thank you to everyone who listens, who follows us, who consumes our content and our coverage. Uh, We really, really appreciate you guys. We want to thank you guys for sticking with us uh, all year. Obviously, it's been a weird year with, uh, I guess, we're one and a half hockey seasons into this year and it's been unlike any uh, either of us have covered but uh, thank you thank you so much to everyone who's uh, stuck with us and like i said listen done whatever we're very very thankful and we want to wish all you guys uh, a happy holidays please take care spend some time with uh, loved ones and you know in, enjoy it and hopefully get some you know relaxation uh but until we guys talk to you again just quick reminder that we are brought to you by the las vegas review journal check out our written work at ReviewJournal.com. We are presented by Blue Wire. I'm Ben Goats. He's David Chain. We are the Golden Edge Podcast. We'll talk to you guys again real soon. Get all the Nevada Preps high school sports coverage you need, plus all Southern Nevada team announcements powered by the Review Journal at NevadaPreps.com. Nevada Preps is sponsored by College Prospects of America, connecting student-athletes with academic and athletic opportunities. Find out how at CPOA-Nevada.com.